podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Free Sundays. This is the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Just coming out of a double header. Don't know what we're going to do with our weekend, to be honest. I, I don't even know at this point. But we're still going to talk some Formula One. Harry and Sam both in the house. How are you doing? I, I not, never leave the house. Not in the house. We will not be in the house if you say in the house again. Yeah, that's just fair. For, just for everyone out there, the three of us live in this LB house and we never ever leave. Oh. That is a great image. Not true, but a great image. Um, got plenty to talk about today. We're going to kick off, though, with this. Lewis Hamilton could be argued that he has already wrapped up his sixth world championship. He's heading towards that mark. Um, so we're going to presume that that will be the case. In which case, we're going to debate who we think is going to finish as his runner-up. Uh, Bottas is currently in that P2 spot, but he has got both of the Ferrari guys and Max Verstappen not too far behind. Harry, at this point in the season, who do you think is the most likely to finish runner-up? Plot twist, it's Lewis Hamilton. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not, guys. It's not. Not even I'll go that crazy. Um, I think you'd have to say, I think Bottas will probably hold on until the end of the year. I think the majority of races that are left, I think um, Rebel are going to be strong in Singapore and Mexico, Brazil possibly as well. But um, Mercedes, they're strong everywhere. So, yeah, I'd expect Bottas to just hold on as as the number two and, and bring it home in second. Sounds laughing because I said number two. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. How are you going to get through all of this? We're talking literally about second place. It involves a lot of number two. I'm 24, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, just a reminder, Sam is 24 years of age. The oldest one here. Yeah. yeah. And the most, sorry, the least mature. 100%. Anyway. Right, back to second place. Back, back to number two. Um, yeah, I think Bottas. I think he'll, he'll have a, I think Verstappen will give him a good run, but um, he'll, he'll hold on. He'll hold on for the rest of the year. And Mercedes will just win everything again for another year running. Uh, don't you love to hear it? Sam, do you predict a similar outcome for the season? Well, I predict a riot. I feel that Max Verstappen is going to cruise past Valtteri Bottas and he's going to give Mercedes the fright of a lifetime towards the end of the season. He will be nicknamed the wrath of Verstappen, I think it's going to be. Um, that man is on absolute pure fire form, spitting pure flames out of his exhaust pipe. Um He's unstoppable this season. I mean, the only reason he hasn't done well in the last few races is because the car simply doesn't work at all around those tracks. And, of course, uh, penalties and stupid driving. But I think that was a couple of blips for Max. And I think that Bottas is generally off the pace since his couple of wins that he had early in the season. He hasn't really challenged Hamilton for quite some time now. Um, Hamilton is in Formula 1. The rest of the grid are in Formula 2. And... The midfielder in Formula 3 at this rate. There's a whole different league between those areas of the, the championship. I really think Max is the dominant force at the moment. Ferrari don't stand a chance, I don't think, for the rest of the season. There's not a single track I can think of that's so power-dominated across the whole thing that they're going to do well. Maybe Abu Dhabi, but what's the point? It's going to be over by then. 
So I think the max is going to creep right up on Bottas. I think that's what we're all going to be fighting over um, come the last race of the season. I really think that the tracks are quite evenly split now between... Yes, the Mercedes is probably going to be slightly stronger, but I think Max is so much a better driver than Bottas that I think he'll still have an advantage. I still think he'll catch right up to him and just pass him by the end of the season. Yeah, I'm just contemplating that if the midfield is F3, does that make Williams casting around Castle Coombe or something? Because they're in another league again. Um, I think it's... um, it's going to be an interesting fight towards the end of the season. You've got Bottas, who's currently on 221. And let, let's be realistic. I think there's only four drivers who could get second place, presuming Hamilton wins it all. It's the two Ferraris, Verstappen and Bottas. Bottas is on 221. Verstappen, 36 points back. And then, then come Leclerc and Vettel. And I think there is something going for each of those four drivers. If you think Bottas, he's got the best car of the four. If you think Verstappen, I would say he's had the best season of those four. I'd say Leclerc, he is on the best form. Obviously, he's won the last two races. And then you've got Sebastian Vettel, who is the most successful of the four by quite some way as well. So all four of them at least have something going for them. But I am going to discount the Ferrari guys. I just don't think there are going to be enough circuits that suit them towards the end of the season. We have seen that they were very strong at Spa and they were very strong at Monza. But now we're heading to races like Singapore. Singapore, I can't see them being competitive. Mexico is a bit of a deceptive one. You would think they would be strong at Mexico with that massive straight. But that sector two, I think, will kill them. Uh, And then you look towards USA. Similar story. I think that first sector is going to be tough. Brazil, that infield section. So you've got these these sectors that are going to really hurt for Ferrari when you've got Mercedes and Red Bull who are really comfortably beating them in the lower speed corners Um, so I am going to discount Leclerc and Vettel just based on their car not being competitive enough of course it is a long time is before the summer break since we have seen them on a circuit where top speed is not the be all and end all but if it's the same as what we had seen I just can't see it from Ferrari I'm actually then going to uh, agree that Verstappen is going to nick Bottas I think he will just about claim second place. I think it will go down to the wire, but my prediction is Max Verstappen. The thing with Bottas, whilst he does have the overall best car, I think if Red Bull continue their development as they usually do, Red Bull are so strong in the second half of the season. We see it every single year. They are really good at the end of the year. Um, Them and Force India slash Racing Point, those two teams always seem to do really well in the latter part of the year. Um, And I think the same thing will happen again. They have a chance of winning at Mexico. Verstappen has won the last two races there. Um, Brazil, you know, he was competitive there last year until obviously the incident happened with Ocon. So, yeah, we won't touch on that one too much. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, um, he's got a real chance of winning a few of these races. And you have to remember, if Red Bull turn up with the best car, Verstappen has got a fantastic chance of winning. And you would put your money on Verstappen over Albon. If Mercedes turn up with the fastest car at any given weekend, you don't immediately presume, therefore, Bottas will win because he has to get past Lewis Hamilton. Verstappen does not have that in a teammate if Red Bull have the best car. So I do think Max Verstappen will take advantage of a few of those winning chances. And if he does, I think he will just about beat Bottas because like we saw with Bottas last year, when the Constructors' Championship was settled, when the Drivers' Championship was settled, when his contract was settled... His performances dropped. His performances dropped when he did not need to perform as he did in the beginning of the year. If the same thing happens. I think Verstappen clinches it. 
I'd be very interested to know, actually, guys. Do you think that Bottas has got another win in him this season? Do you really think he can go ahead and take something? Maybe Russia, he goes well around there, but... Like Russia, yeah. Potentially, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure he's got it in him to win again. I think he's too far away from Hamilton now. I think he's, like you said, Ben, he's got the uh, the motivation that's lost because he's got his contract. He's been really poor in the last two races in comparison to his teammate. Yes, he finished in front Beat of Hamilton. Yeah, he did. But I don't think he was better than Hamilton on pure pace at all. And I think Hamilton was dropping on him. If they had the same strategy, I think Hamilton will wipe the floor with him. Yes, he beat him on strategy. Yes, Hamilton made the mistake on all the sides. But I don't think that Bottas has got the ability now to challenge Hamilton on raw pace. And if he doesn't get another win by the end of the season, I think that's what? Two wins in the whole of two seasons where he's had the best car on the grid. That's a little worrying. He, for me, then becomes a pure second driver, not even a, a man that could possibly challenge on a good season. No hope for him after this season. If he doesn't win again, I don't think. I, I, I'm with Harry. I think it's a bit harsh for his Monza performance. I think he was fairly good. Even in that first stint, he was sticking right was there. there. Yeah. We do see in some races, Bottas, he does drop off Hamilton and there's no real chance of him fighting back. But he stayed within fighting distance of him the whole time. Um, but I do agree with the wider point that over the last, <clears throat> say, five, ten races... Bottas, well, maybe tends too many, but last five races or so, Bottas has been has been much weaker. So, you know, I, I don't think you could just completely discount him winning another race this year. He just he's too good of a driver and got too good of a car to say absolutely not. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't win another one. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I mean, you can't... I mean, Hamilton has one accident. Bottas is surely the man to, uh, to pick up the pieces. And I mean, it can happen at any point. We saw last season that Hamilton had the issue at Austria where he had a uh, reliability issue. And it's going to strike Mercedes again at some point, you'd think. Maybe it hits Hamilton. He had that awful season against Rosberg where he had that string of poor reliability performances that cost him... A lot of people say cost him the championship. Um, nice. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um so, so yeah, we're only by tear, lads. No, no bias, no bias. <laughs> no um... bias, no, no, none at all. Um, interestingly, I mean, all three of us have pretty much said it is a Verstappen versus Bottas fight rather than bringing in the Ferrari guys. Um, Harry, do you think there's any chance that either uh, Leclerc and Vettel, that's who drives for them, um, do you think there's a chance that either of those guys beat one of Bottas or Verstappen? Uh... What's the point? <laughs> well, I mean, Leclerc is only a few points behind Verstappen and Vettel isn't far behind that again. is only about 10 or so points behind Leclerc. So it's possible. I mean, yeah, like you say, we haven't seen Ferrari on a on a non-power track since before the summer break. They may have made some advances. They always used to go really well. Apart from last year, they used to go really well around Singapore. So I wouldn't technically write them off there. Um, yeah, it could happen. Leclerc could, he's probably on better form than Vettel is at the moment. Um, so why not? He could, he could do the business and he, he's on a roll. He's had two wins on the trot. And even if your car's not the fastest, it's always going to give you a bit of extra speed, a bit, bit more confidence. So, um, I wouldn't write Leclerc off. I wouldn't write Vettel off necessarily. He's not, ha he's making mistakes, but he's not making them every single race. Um, he's still has the speed in him and we and, and the skills he just needs a bit more confidence so wouldn't write either of either of them off the club probably more favorite to potentially take second place so yeah they're, they're still technically in it yeah absolutely so moving on max verstappen 
he um he came out with some comments about Nico Rosberg um that were it was just some grade A banter. I can't think of a better <laughs> term than that really. Um he has basically said that Nico Rosberg who has been rather vocal recently, he is the new Jacques Villeneuve. Uh, now, apart from the fact that they are both one-time drivers' champions, uh, and they both do like to stir the pot a little bit, Sam, what did you think? What do you make of Verstappen's comments? Do you think there's truth in it? I think both myself and evidently Lewis Hamilton absolutely loved Max Verstappen's comment. If you don't follow Lewis Hamilton on Instagram, I can't understand why some people are shy to do so. He uh, captioned Max Verstappen's comment in the papers and went. This made me laugh like mad, bro, to Max Verstappen. Obviously loves the good rinsing of Nico, his former teammate, who may have only won the championship due to Hamilton's reliability issues. But, of course, that's oh, another conversation. Why? Why? Um, Bring out the asterisk. <laughs> man. Um, honestly, yeah, I completely understand. Nico Rosberg is probably the most undeserving champion, I think, that I could think of oh in the last my. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I, I generally don't think he really deserved to. He's a good second driver and he was always a great big field driver. I don't think he really ever deserved to have the full shot at the title. So, yeah, I can understand that point. And I think that Rosberg is desperately hanging on to some form of current status in Formula One driving. And um, Lewis Hamilton made a very fair point that was once you are not an F1 driver, you become irrelevant. And I think Nico Rosberg is desperately trying to be relevant. Um, and I don't think it's working very well. I think he's making over-the-top claims that someone else in this three likes to make on these podcasts. And I don't think it's keeping him in the best light in the in the public. I think he's making himself look like a bit of a Muppet. Um, and unfortunately, he had a lot of respect. Maybe not from Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen, but across motorsport, he was well-respected. Uh, and I think he's now losing that due to his kind of slightly I-want-to-be-on-YouTube lifestyle. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to it. And I think he needs to just simmer himself down a little bit, do some actual proper analysis and come up with something that makes a lot of sense to the points he's making. Because at the moment, it just seems a bit hit and miss. It seems like he's just trying to stir some pots. Pulling no punches. Harry, uh, what do you have to follow that up? I mean, I love it. I'm all here for it. I don't think he's as bad as... No, and I'm not saying he's not as bad as Jack Villeneuve, because Jack Villeneuve is an idiot. And he is, he is the least deserving world champion that's ever been. But um, I agree with Sam on some level that you can't just start throwing stuff about because you will end up becoming Jack Villeneuve and no one wants to be that. Um, but yeah, I just love it for his YouTube thumbnails. They're golden. I just <laughs> want, I want more of those in my life. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether you... Be- I know Hamilton said you become irrelevant when you leave F1, but then think of all the F1 pundits we have. Like old, old Martin Brundle. Is he, is he irrelevant now? Or Dave, Dave Coulthard? It's a bit unfair. And Rosberg is potentially the the newest. He's the, the last driver to come out of F1 that's now a pundit. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's totally irrelevant. But, yeah, he, he maybe calm down a bit on the, on the claims and invest in someone to design his YouTube thumbnails, maybe. I, I think the one thing that separates Coulthard and... Obviously, the famous man that does Sky, the man that actually leads the technical analysis, as you just mentioned, Harry, is that they both do technical analysis. Coulthard understands the physics of that car so well. And his analysis is so valued, as is Mark Webber's now. Um, unlike Rosberg, who just comes up with 
celebrity fandom plot lines to generate some kind of reaction off of people. I generally think that Weber, uh, Rundle, Coulthard, Karun Chandok, all XF1 drivers, all fantastically understanding of the sport, the rules of the sport, the aerodynamics of the vehicles. They know how the cars work and they can give that actual on-the-spot technical analysis. I don't think Rosberg does that. I think that's why he's so poor at being on the TV as a pundit. I think that's why he's desperately trying to, to just still keep himself in the limelight by having driver debates with current F1 drivers. Oh, boy. He's not as bad as Javier. Sorry, Sam. If you're going to say that, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I, I'm ready for the feedback. He is not as bad as Jacques Villeneuve. Not having that. Um, I actually love it as well. Um, I, I love all of it. The Verstappen reply. I love Rosberg saying it in the first place. I really think that there is a reluctance from pundits, analysts, to be properly critical of drivers. And I think the F1 drivers are slightly too sheltered from criticism. And I don't mind that Rosberg is actually putting himself out there uh, and, and not necessarily going after these drivers, but but actually not afraid to criticise them. And maybe some of what he says isn't true. Maybe some of what he says isn't necessary. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, but I don't mind that he is a slightly controversial figure. And he is part of the media now. He's not a driver. And I don't think it is a attack to, to stay relevant. I think that's that's what he wants to do. And I think that's well within his right. Um, if he wants to go down that line, then he, you know, good luck to him. That That's that's his prerogative. And um, yeah, it, Verstappen has to, he has to realise that Rosberg is now part of the media. He's not a, he's not a driver amongst, amongst the rest of them. And, you know, he's entitled to his own, his own opinion. And, as just as Verstappen is entitled to his own opinion that he can call out Rosberg when he thinks he's wrong. Um, I haven't got a problem with any of this. And hey, I mean, we're talking about it. We love anything that gets F1 fans talking about stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for this kind of stuff. We just love the banter. Late banter, they call us. I'm absolutely going to design the thumbnail to this video in the style of Nico Rosberg. Yes! The explosion in the background. A photoshopped man in front of a car. It's all going to be there. I, I, have to, I have to give full credit, to be fair, because he clearly sits at home and does it himself. <laughs> and full respect to the man, he's got millions and millions of pounds and he can imagine him sat there on his little MacBook, dragging the bits over, going, that, that looks great. I love it. Okay, he loves a bit of Canva. That's all <laughs> he does. Yeah, there you go, folks. Rico Ross, Canva, though. I mean, big love to Canva. Promise once in this video, let's go. Yeah, and I'm hoping now we will see that thumbnail, Harry. Um, moving along, Hamilton and Leclerc involved in a bit of a battle at the weekend at Monza. Um, and there were some comments thrown about afterwards by Lewis Hamilton, basically saying that he thinks the, the younger generation of drivers get away with a little bit too much. Of course, Leclerc went unpenalised. Bit of a controversial one not to give him a penalty. Uh, Sam, do you agree with Hamilton's comments on this one? Yeah, I do. I completely agree with him. Um, not to sound like a Hamilton fanboy today, but I have agreed with a lot of what Lewis Hamilton has said. Uh, as he gets older, he becomes more wiser. As do I. Um... Arguable. <laughs> Shut up, the pair of you. Um, now, Lewis Ham uh, to be fair to Lewis Hamilton, he did state on Instagram afterwards, no hard feelings between us. You drove a fantastic race, Charles Leclerc. Massive, you know, massively happens to race against you. It's more the fact that we've got this new black and white flag that's been brought back into action. And Charles Leclerc has been handed this. And then arguably, 
creating another offence where he has gained an advantage again, and then the rule hasn't been implied again. And I just feel like they do get away with a lot. There's a lack of consistency. Max Verstappen, last time out, drove across the track through one of the fastest corners in Formula 1 without a steering column that worked, nearly took out a driver after a fatal incident in a lower category race on the same corner, and nothing was said about it by anyone. I genuinely do believe that the... Um, there needs to just be that real emphasis again on consistency and safety. And I think Hamilton's got a fair point. If he could have done that on his 2009-2010 season, I think he could have had a real example made of him. And that happened a lot in his early career. I generally think that the, uh, you know, we, we need to just be consistent with the rulings. And I do think Charles Leclerc earned two yellow cards in inverted commas, if you'd like to put it that way. And I think he did enough for a penalty, just. But I do think he did. And I just think they need to be more consistent with handing out of these black and white flags and the warnings that they get. Um I love a bit of, you know, rubbing is racing right alongside each other, wheel to wheel, but you do have to respect each other's track. And the swipe was dangerous, almost pushing Hamilton off onto the grass in a very fast part of the track. Dangerous. You know, we just you just need to remember and respect your other racing drivers. Harry, do you think Hamilton is right or that he should just get on with it? Bloody get on with it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't think they do. I don't think they get away with more. I think it's... I agree with Sam on the inconsistencies we still have. And they're not right. But um, I saw the other day, there's a clip. I don't know if I saw on Twitter, but there's a clip of Hamilton. This is like 2007, 2008. It's the Monza when it's really wet, when Vettel wins. And Hamilton is... He's side by side with Webber going into the first chicane. And he does exactly the same as Leclerc did to him. And shoved him wide, and there was no penalty for it. So uh, that's just one example. I'm not trying to say like Hamilton, you, you're an idiot, you're wrong. But like it, we've had it before, that kind of move, and we'll have it again. Um, and yeah, I suppose Leclerc got the yellow flag for it. The yellow flag, the yellow card for it. Um, I, yeah, so I, I don't agree that they they get away with more because I think. Hamilton and loads of other drivers have got away with other things, and that example in particular was pretty much the same thing. Um, but yeah, the inconsistency isn't right, and I agree with Sam on that one. But I don't think they're getting away with more things now. Um, yeah, so just, just get, get on with it, Lewis, mate. Come on, quit, quit your injured. Um, I, I would say they maybe do get away with more, but I think that's only because they actually do more that requires action or requires non-action. Like, they, if you think of like Leclerc and Verstappen, Leclerc was involved in that incident at Monza. Uh, you know, this is what the whole debate is about, but you've also got like Verstappen at Austria. I just think the, the younger generation are actually putting themselves in the situations in the first place to even be asked the question of, are they getting away with it or not? Hamilton doesn't really actually get into any incidents where he is potentially, you know, bordering on dangerous. He just doesn't really get into those situations. So I don't think he's getting, there's nothing to be getting away with, with the older generation. I think the same with Vettel. I don't think Vettel really gets in too many situations where, you know, he's, he's pushing him out as far wide as he can go, or maybe covering off certain sections of the circuit. I think the older generation perhaps just a bit of a wiser, bit wiser at this point in their careers. I don't I just don't think they drive in the same way, in the same style. And I think if Hamilton did the exact same thing that Leclerc did, that I I think that it would have been the same consequence. I don't think I don't think Hamilton would have been penalized where Leclerc wasn't. I just don't think that Hamilton is doing the same kind of tactics that Leclerc is. 
Um, again, agree on the inconsistencies. I mean, we've we've spoken at, full, at length about that, and um, you know, my opinion is not changing on that. The inconsistencies, I think, really need to be sorted out. I do agree with Hamilton in in the case that um, he is frustrated about the, the the leniency that was shown towards Leclerc, and um, you know, I, I think there is a definite case to say he should have been penalised if the FIA were following their own rules. So I've got no problem with him complaining about leniency at all. And I've got no problem with him, you know, complaining about whether they are um, getting away with too much. I just think it's a case of Leclerc and Verstappen are involved in so many more incidents where they could get away with more. Yeah, I think the fact that obviously Hamilton not only is pretty much the most dominant driver of this whole era, but has the most dominant car of the whole era means that you're right. His wheel-to-wheel racing is incredibly small in terms of the percentage of time on track spent wheel-to-wheel racing compared to just racing. And when he does come up against someone, he's so good at wheel-to-wheel racing that it doesn't last very long in the first place. He tends to blitz by people anyway, and the car is so good at performing that I think it makes the overtakes that, even though are incredibly skillful, that little bit easier for a man who's already incredibly good at wheel-to-wheel racing. So you're right, I think Leclerc and the staff have got very much evenly matched cars. So when they come to blows on track, it's much harder for the other one to pull away. And you'll see that a lot of the incidents that people are talking about are against Leclerc and the staff and against each other on track. Uh, both aggressive drivers, both f- hungry for their first kind of set of championships, their first set of wings, whatever. Um, and so they both want to beat each other. They're rivals of each other. So I can see why that aggressive nature might come out between those two. And I can see why the FIA maybe just want to let them race. And I've got nothing wrong with letting drivers race as long as you're applying those rules consistently to the rest of the grid across every incident, across every race. All good letting people race. If they take each other out, you don't give a penalty. Okay, fine. But you've got to make sure you're doing that every single race across every single season. That's that's all I would have to say about it. There's a great video on YouTube from Sky and it's Davidson, Anthony Davidson and Michael Massey at the Sky Patch. It's like five minutes long. And he chats Michael Massey chats through all the decisions they made over the weekend. So yeah. Or, would recommend 10 out of 10. Yeah, and I, and I actually think that transparency is is really important. So I, I'm all for that kind of a video. Um, moving on to our final topic. We've spoken at length about circuits, what should be on the calendar, what shouldn't be on the calendar. And of course, the 2020 calendar was only just recently announced. Um, new heights, 22 races uh, on the calendar next year. So we're just going to have a discussion, really, which ones shouldn't be there and what should be replacing it. Um, Sam, I know you've got some big opinions when it comes to circuits, as you do about pretty much every topic. So go ahead on this one. Um, yeah, well, Vettel obviously recently spoke about it, and we spoke about it as well, but he was quoted to say that he thinks the the calendar should only be 16 races long. Now, while all three of us disagree, it should be more than 16. We were a little bit undecided whether it should be as many as 22, and it's hard to to almost accept 22 races when we know there are so many that we get to now and we all go, oh, mm, not sure. Is it going to be a good race? The first one that really jumps to mind, I think, at the start of the season is probably, for most people, is Spain. That's the first one in the calendar you get to where you probably go, oh, good, Spain. You know, overtaking doesn't happen. Hamilton and the Mercedes team do so well around there that often there's no way to overtake them at the start. So they just pull away comfortably. He's won that race without fail, apart from when him and Rosberg took each other out. Very, you know, a very strong lead. It's a track that is a test track through and through. It's a fantastic track, but it's for testing. It does not work for actual pure racing. 22 races are on the calendar. 
that's stressing a lot of people out. A lot of people are wearing themselves out being on this calendar full time. And they're going to Spain for one of those that provides very dull racing. There are so many great tracks that we don't use anymore. Imola being one of them. Where you think if we're going to have 22 tracks, let's really utilize them. Nürburgring being another one. You know, two fantastic classic circuits of Formula 1 that we should go back to and reuse that will work perfectly with the current day Formula 1 cars. And you've got tracks like Spain. You've got tracks like Russia on the grid that are just, they're just dull. They're just creating now for money reasons. Abu Dhabi being another one. It's there for a monetary value. It doesn't provide excitement. There's no point to it. Let the season end in Brazil. Everyone loves it ending in Brazil. It's a fantastic circuit that always provokes fantastic racing. And the weather plays a big part of that. We go to there at the right time of the year for an interesting and dynamic weather. Spain doesn't have that. Very rarely does it really chuck it down in Spain during this time where we're actually there. You have it in winter. It's cold. In the summer, it's dry. I just really think that we could mix it up so much and the calendar could be so much more thrilling. Um, the last six races have been fantastic because they're all circuits that have been fantastic. Hungry maybe in the odd one out there that actually delivered a fantastic race. But guys, um, what do you think? Do you think maybe that a lot of change needs to happen or are you happy with the calendar? Ben just pointed at me for those of you who couldn't see that. Um, yeah, Russia getting the bin. Spain also in the bin. Abu Dhabi getting two bins because he's probably bad. Um, <laughs> Paul Ricard, that could probably get in a bin. I wouldn't care. Yeah, so you can get in a bin as well. To me, it's like a wheelie bin, this one. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there are, there are plenty of circuits on the, on the calendar I would get rid of. Imola, I love Imola, but I'm not entirely sure whether Imola would actually produce great racing, especially with the current era cars. But that's a different conversation. But I do love Imola, so that's the kind of what balance you strike there. Um, anyway, anything else on the calendar? I mean, I, love, I don't, couldn't see the season really starting anywhere else, but M Melbourne never throws up a great race, to be honest, uh, which is a shame because it's always a great setting for the first season, first race of the season. We don't often get a classic at, um, in Melbourne. Uh, anything else? There's a few for me that we haven't mentioned yet, but I'll let Ben go through On the first. current calendar, I can't think of any more. Uh, 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 uh. No, they're the they're the main ones that spring to mind as binnable. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to offer up any names. I don't, I don't think that you haven't mentioned um, Spain first and foremost. There's no reason for Spain to be on the calendar when we go testing there because. Uh, I don't think it would be a great race anyway, but the fact that they do so many laps there before the season even starts, it just means they're all they all know it better than their, the back of their own hands, and it, it never creates a good race. I don't quite understand. There are so many iconic um, European circuits that could be used and aren't because you know Spain is there. Um, so I would not be disappointed at all if that one went. And um, Russia as well. Russia is just an emotionless vacuum of a circuit. <laughs> it is atrocious. There's just no character. Oh, it's though... great walls everywhere. They're just the worst. Yeah, exactly. He might as well be. It's like they've um, taken the personality of Putin's face and made it an F1 circuit. Oh, yeah, and then we have to have the customary shot of Putin every time he walks in, which of is course. the worst. And Bernie sat next to him because they're great mates. Oh, friends. 
it's really annoying because obviously we view these circuits as as fans and fans only of course we don't we don't have much of a say in terms of the you know the commercial aspect we don't really go into um you know which circuits are very beneficial for the sport it's not necessarily that all of our opinions should align with the guys running f1 if you know there are profit concerns not concerns but you know profit has dropped a little bit um within f1 so if they need these blockbuster deals with circuits that aren't necessarily classics then i, I guess it's a necessary evil but the you know the likes of russia and abu dhabi they, they do produce dull races and there is a case to say that if these circuits don't produce good racing then that is going to have its own impact on viewership in future years so even though they are trying to build formula one in countries such as russia um they're still trying to build in china um and you know the, those real areas where formula one isn't developed i understand why they need them there but if it doesn't create good enough racing they're not they're not going to be invested one way or the other um imola i do agree with i love imola absolutely love it but i 100% agree with the point that the cars as they are right now, I don't think they'd work around there. They're too wide and overtaking is still slightly too difficult, or at least following cars is too difficult, um, which is a shame because I really do like Imola. Maybe in the future it will come back. I think um, today or yesterday it was announced that they might be preparing another F1 bid, so we'll have to see if that one comes to fruition or not. Um, I would also put on the list Kyalami. Um, just because I really think to be a world championship, you need a race in Africa, just like it used to be. We were at Kailami for many, many years. Uh, haven't been there for what a good, good 30 years or so now, 25, 30 years. So I really think that we need a, obviously you're not going to get an Antarctic circuit, but you might as well go for every single one apart from that. Um, and the Nürburgring, very similar to, very similar to Imola. I feel as if it might not quite work with the current cars, but it's an iconic circuit and you know with hockenheim the amount of times the amount of growth hockenheim has had over the last few years even though that has disappeared in terms of attendance hockenheim has gone up and up and up um and i would like to see them on a on the same deal they had a while back with you know hockenheim one year nurburgring the next year if they can't financially do it every year it'd be good to have it as a as an alternating system again and of course with the max verstappen effect people will turn up for it um, and I'll also throw in there, they do want another race in America. I think it will happen at some point. They understand the value of the US market. It is improving. I can't remember the figures exactly, but this year it has improved in the US. So I think they will. I think they'll try and get a street circuit. Whether Miami will eventually happen, who knows? Um, maybe they'll target somewhere else if that isn't possible. I'd like to see them return to India. I think it's been long enough now that those wounds have been healed um hopefully I'd, I'd like to see them go around indy um we saw a fantastic indy car race this year going around the grand prix circuit so i'd be very interested to see that happen but of course um america doesn't have a great history with street circuits so i'm a bit skeptical there but you know yeah well, we, do you know where we should go if you say caesar's palace caesar's palace car park no okay this is rule. and chase carry i hope you're listening I'm certain you're not, but I hope you're listening. He's an, he's an avid fan. Never race in a car park. <laughs> that shouldn't have to be said, but apparently it does. 
No, you should definitely race in a car park. I'm I'm very shocked that Harry hasn't brought back the South Korea argument. No, well, right. yeah, but that was but but then I remember Caesar's Palace when Ben started talking about better. <laughs> what a place! <laughs> right. Also, I I don't uh, forgive me if one of you did mention it. Um, Istanbul. Istanbul. I was about to say I'm not done. I was going to come back to that, but you're right. Istanbul. Is that your final suggestion, Ben? Yeah, that's my final suggestion. So. To run through the current circuit, I would the current calendar, I would get through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I would get rid of eight current tracks. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, but I think a culling needs to be had. So I Sorry, would go, go through them all, please. Right, okay. We'll go through for, in chronological order. So Melbourne, Australia, gone. You're right, Harry. It's a great opener. But it's only exciting because it's an opener. Any track's exciting when it's the opener if you've got reliability issues. You know, that causes any madness to be thrown up. I think you could do that anywhere, and I think we'd be better racing somewhere. So Australia, I like the track. It is a good track. It's not an F1 track. Next up on that list, as we've discussed in length, Spain. We won't bother going into any more detail about that, but it's a test track through and through. After that, this one's going to be controversial. Oh, Monaco. Classic. Get rid of it. Get rid of Monaco. You're crazy, man. It is so boring. It is the exciting race there this year. Yeah, for the first time in about five years. The only other time it's been exciting is when Ricardo's pit stop failed. Genuinely, it so rarely throws up a fun race. The only excitement is that there are walls. And I get it, okay? Everyone loves it. I love the the prestige of it. I love the image of it. I don't love watching it. Um, Moving on from that, France, the next one. Paul Ricard. (laughs) Magni Corps was a better track than Paul Ricard. I actually don't mind Maggie Court. It's got a lot of overtaking opportunities. And I think Paul Ricard's got one, the back straight. It's dull. Also, hate all the lines. I get the lines, but I hate the lines. Um, <laughs> that's a reason to get rid of a circuit. Too many lines. <laughs> After that, the next race we're going to, Singapore. Again, it's a street circuit. But I, I don't think it's got enough to it that it makes it worth Jeez. doing. The, the, the second and third sectors are almost unovertakable. They're pointless. The cars can't get anywhere near each other. Well, it's a good one. I, for me, unless it rains or the two Ferraris crash into a rebel on the first corner, it's not that interesting. And I'm being brutally what honest. What about when Nelson Piquet tried to kill himself on purpose? No, that's because ridiculous drama. They wanted to give the title to someone. I mean, come on. That's, that could have been at any track, let alone Singapore. That isn't a Singapore-only reason there. It's not good enough. Again, we've discussed it. Putin's face. It's not exciting enough. Move on. Uh, and the final one, of course, Abu Dhabi. Um, again, it's there for money reasons and money reasons only. I, there's so many tracks I want brought back. Ben, you're right with Istanbul. I want Fuji to come back. Another one in Japan. I'm, that's a great track. It's so wide. It works well. It's got a slow final sector, a massive start-finish trait. I mean, it's, it's a good track. And I'm all for having multiple tracks in the same country again. doesn't happen very often. We've got a lot of prestige here in Britain. Why not try and invest in a track that improves that? The Nürburgring. I think with the new 2021 regulations, it could work well. I think going somewhere, like you said, back to Indy, that's so fun. That really could be great with the new regulations. I just think there's so many options that we can have that I think this this grid, you know, this calendar that we have needs to be altered massively. Um, I'm excited to see how Vietnam does. That could be interesting or it could be an absolute disaster. And I think Zanville is such a bad choice for a place to have a Grand Prix. Yes, Max Verstappen fans are going to love it. 
that's the only good reason it's got there. It will have a fan attendance. I don't think the race is going to be good there. It's too tight. It's too weaving. And I don't think the cars are going to be able to follow each other along there. And I think that the current calendar doesn't play too well in the aerodynamics of the, of the cars that we have currently. So I think a lot of changes need to be made. They won't be because no one listens to me ever. But I think they should be changed. Well, the amount of nations you have just annoyed is perhaps a new record. Um, have fun on your five-race calendar next year. Um, <laughs> going for a W-series approach, uh, fair enough. Um, if you need to call Snetterton to fill out the calendar, do oh, so. Oh, um, definitely go to Snetterton. looks like an eight-year-old boy tried to draw a picture of a man's private parts and didn't do very well. What? That's, that's what the layout looks like, a really bad one of those. Good. Well, we should decide, and... Oh, and Towers as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Alton Towers. I can't think of a better way to finish, really. Um, Sam, get us out of here. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for watching. We've had a lot to discuss tonight. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it. So please write back to us on any of our socials or down in the comments of the videos. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button to stick around for a lot longer. We'd love to have you. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eat. And remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network.